0: see for yourself see for yourself see for yourself this is the only podcast hold on what's uh <laughs> this is the only podcast the only podcast that finds a way to escape a mad scientist's operating table laser death trap every time i am your host crack the case ace and I'm joined here today by...
1: Not going to put on pants for this.
0: I, uh, I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Aren't we all?
1: <laughs> Aren't we all?
0: It's because, Honestly, I think it's becoming my catchphrase after you give your name... <laughs>
1: I, I'm just hitting right on the nose there, what we're all thinking, and I just say it.
0: Yeah, I, I, I imagine that's what you do when you come up with these names. You're just like, what is what is the zeitgeist right now? What is everybody collectively going through? And how do I, like, boil that down in just one quick name that I can use?
1: I'm caffeine-free, aren't we all? <laughs>
0: There's a million examples of this. I feel like that's, that's going to be what goes down in history for this season is that i just aren't aren't we all for everything (laughs) um so uh today's episode we have a very film person's episode or i guess like an episode that like a, a film person can get behind i guess i don't know the name of the movie for today is vertigo you ever heard of vertigo oh
1: god uh yes i i am aware of what vertigo is and i don't know why this sounds really familiar because i know for a fact i haven't seen it
0: so you say you're you're aware of what vertigo is can you tell me what that means exactly
1: it's not quite a fear of heights. It's like the fear of ascension to heights or something like that. It's it's the disorienting dizziness of heights. I think it is anyways.
0: I'm going to apologize really quick and just say I meant the 1958 film Vertigo. Oh,
1: not the word Vertigo?
0: Yeah, no, I meant I meant the movie made in 1958, rated PG, created by Alfred Hitchcock.
1: Uh, Yeah, no, I don't know what that is.
0: Okay, so I've just given you quite a bit of information. It's a PG film. It is a thriller. It's described as a thriller. I'll go ahead and give you the blurb for it uh oh well
1: your rendition of the verb
0: well no i just i just want to say that uh i also haven't seen this movie
1: oh okay a golden episode applause everybody
0: yeah everybody get excited golden episode it is unfortunately fitting into the category of a movie i know so much about at this point that i might as well not watch it but i have not seen it
1: my, my understanding of it is um and by my understanding i mean there was that episode of epic rap battles of history that was all the directors and i know that uh vertigo was mentioned so this is this is clearly like a film of prominence, right?
0: There's a lot to be said about Vertigo, and I'll get into that later. But yes, it is kind of a big deal. I will say I don't know like specific plot beats or character interactions or even character names or really what goes on in the film, but I am aware of its pedigree and aware of how important it is to film criticism and film history. Okay. But I'll just go ahead and get right into the blurb. The blurb reads as follows. An ex-police officer is hired to prevent an old friend's wife from committing suicide, but all is not as it seems. And that's it. Hmm. What what does that bring to mind immediately?
1: I don't know why I think the old friend's dead. See, in my head, he's an ex-cop, and I want to know who hired him. And the old friend, I assume, has died in a similar way as the wife is trying to kill herself. And since the name of the movie is Vertigo, I'm assuming it's just jumping off a very tall building.
0: That does make sense, you know? If if she's going to kill herself, jumping off of a high building would incorporate the title. I agree. Uh, The first thing that comes up to me is, how does he become an ex-cop?
1: Oh, yeah, I guess that's true.
0: Did he just retire, or was he fired for some reason? And we've had this in the podcast before. Like in Itchy the Killer, the ex-cop in that one was fired because he lost his gun.
1: Right. Could, I mean, I suppose it could be something, like, unrelated to his friend or his friend's wife. But what if it was related? What if his old friend has died in a manner that is his causing? Or, like, through his inaction, he's caused his friend... I don't know why I'm focused on the fact that his friend... Because it didn't say dead friend, it's his old friend. I would
0: love to see it, and I know I'm gonna say this word and it's gonna get you excited. I'm hoping it's the police chief is the old friend.
1: Oh, God.
0: I know how much you love police chiefs. They're your favorite characters. <laughs>
1: God, you know, there's a there's a way of thinking uh, in food where like everybody comes up with a new one every couple of years. Where it's like there was this one guy that was like all food can be categorized into soup, salad, or sandwich. And I'm wondering if like we're sort of creating our own thing here, where it's like all movies are horror films or buddy cop films. <laughs> <laughs> it's only one or the other. You, you can boil everything down to it.
0: I'm horror films and your buddy cop films. It's just <laughs> <laughs> aren't aren't we all? It just it just boils down to our own specific preferences. You're like, boy, I love a story where there's like your boss is kind of being an asshole and he's yelling at you, but you're just doing your job and your best friend's there with you and he's defending you, and you're and you're like, okay, we'll be good. We won't be bad no more. And then you go out and you keep doing your job and you're working hard, but you don't want to piss off your boss anymore. And that just really speaks to me. Me, me not wearing pants for this and then i'm over here like i just want to see scary shit i don't care how it's presented to me i don't give a fuck about all that that's extra details scary shit
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's it
1: so in this buddy cop movie i mean do, do you
0: think he'll have a sidekick like will he have like a like a buddy
1: i don't know if it's going to be presented as such like i don't think it's going to be samurai buddy cop but i think it's going to be like i've got alfred on the phone buddy cop oh like
0: he's got a guy in the chair yeah Okay, that,
1: That'd that be pretty neat. This is in the 50s, though, so I don't know if Guy in the Chair was, like, something you could do.
0: It is nice that uh, the Spider-Man movies have given us that phrase to just use and everybody knows exactly what you mean by it now. Right. Like, it existed before that. It had to have existed before that in order for them to be able to use it so casually and everybody understand, but it's nice that now it's, like, public knowledge. You can just throw that phrase out there and everybody gets it.
1: Yeah. The, the other thing that I'm concerned about with this blurb is, like, how much forethought is going into the fact that, like, we know the wife is going to kill herself. We know... So far in advance that the wife is going to kill herself that we have time to hire a guy to go prevent it.
0: So it seems like it could just be very bare bones. He's hired by an annoyed maybe she lives in an apartment complex and the guy who's like, he's like the groundskeeper.
1: Oh, like the yeah, the superintendent.
0: Yeah, so like the superintendent can hear her crying her fucking eyes out and he's so pissed off he can't get any sleep, so he calls up this dude and he's like, I know you're an old friend of her husband. Please come over here. I think she's gonna kill herself. Just handle this, you know. I'll pay you. And that could be Uh it. You know, something as simple as that. Or it literally could just be the husband like, hey, I have to go overseas. Maybe he's like a international individual. Maybe he's a sailor something i don't know i have to go overseas i can't be there but my wife is talking all this stuff can you just check in on her and i'll pay you check in on her once a week i'll pay you every time you go by water the plants while you're there clean up the place a little we'll claim you're there as a maid service but you're really there to make sure she ain't killing herself it could be something like that
1: all right so here's my here's my big brain prediction the ex-husband has hired the ex-cop to go save her from committing suicide. He's an ex-cop because he has failed at a similar job in the past. And the things are not what they seem, is that the ex-husband is actually going to kill his wife in a manner that looks like a suicide, and will frame the incompetence of the ex-police officer yet again as the cause of her death, coming out scot-free. I feel like this has been done in, in some other movie that I'm... Just blanking on what it is, where it's like, uh, I don't know, it feels very Sherlock Holmes-y, where it's, you know, you you hire the investigator to solve the crime you're about to commit as proof that you couldn't have possibly committed it because you had to try to prevent it. You know what I mean?
0: Let me go ahead and tell you just how wrong you are, you stupid fucking
1: idiot. Listen, listen you're not going to get me with this again, all right? It was a kidnapping the last time. This is going to be exactly what I said this time.
0: No. No. And let me tell you why you're so fucking wrong. This is exactly what it is. I've figured it out. I have the I'm answer.
1: <laughs> Here it is.
0: Here it is. So, ex cop guy, he's just retired. That's it. That's all. He's That's really it, he's
1: good just at retired.
0: <laughs> He's really good at what he does and his he's old friend old for this shit. His old friend knows that. He knows he's a really good, you know, detective at this point. He's a star-spangled individual. He really knows what he's doing, okay? Great cop. Wonderful service that he had. There was a parade and everything, right? Okay. So he hires this guy, thinking he's the best of the best. My wife is acting strange. She, you know, she gets up at night and these weird hours, and she just makes all these weird noises in the other room. And when I ask her about it, she's got blood all over her. I think she's cutting herself. I think she's going to kill herself. He investigates. And it turns out the wife is actually a vampire. And then it's a vampire movie. Yeah. And the vertigo comes from when he finds out she's pissed off, so she grabs him and starts flying away with him, and he's like, I'm afraid of heights, please don't take me up too high.
1: That's what it is. Bingo. Fucking bingo. Nailed it. Nailing we it. We made a better movie. We made a better movie than Alfred Hitchcock.
0: <laughs> and, hey, I'm not trying to say that this lines up perfectly, but both vampire and vertigo start with the letter V. I'm, I'm just saying. Mic drop. Mic drop. <laughs>
1: You know, Vertigo is just an anagram of vampire movie.
0: Yeah, if you just move the letters around, bam, vampire spells vampire. <laughs> and we don't have to do vampire. She could be a ghost. Maybe she was dead the whole time. Or she could be a werewolf and she's like eating things in the other room. That's where all the blood comes from. I don't know. I don't know. All I know is that this is secretly not a buddy cop film, but in fact, a horror film.
1: Can it be both? Uh, no, it can't be both because you can you can't advocate for the buddy cop. I do the buddy cop, you do the horror. That's right.
0: Well, Dead Heat was both actually. It was a horror oh, film yeah, and a buddy cop kind film. Of. Well, I mean, the guy's a zombie. Like, how could it not be a horror film? That is horrific.
1: Well, I don't think being a zombie is horrific.
0: It is inherently horrific. How could it not be horrific?
1: Because they had a romance movie based off of zombies.
0: Okay, so it was a buddy cop film that was also a romance film that was also a horror film.
1: Yeah, yeah, all right, i will
0: give you that. Nothing wrong with that. And it's only really a romance movie if we choose to read Bigelow and... uh, Richard as being madly in love. And I do choose to do that. They are madly in love. They love each other. I mean,
1: clearly, they, they went off into reincarnation together.
0: <laughs> he said he looked great in, in with lipstick on. What more do you need? Are there any are there any big actors in this movie that you know of?
1: Uh not a clue. This probably
0: uh, speaks to that uh that phenomenon we talk about every now and again where everybody has like a threshold, but I do not recognize any of these names kim novak james stewart tom Helmore, raymond bailey ellen corby
1: yeah no none of, none of these are jumping out so you mean to tell me the cop is not vincent price and it's in the 50s
0: they had every chance every opportunity
1: god what a failure this movie was that's why everybody remembers it right this was uh, alfred hitchcock's biggest failure
0: this is just them uh feeling bad that uh poor sweet angel baby boy uh, vincent price didn't get to play in the movie because he should have he should have played every role every single one would not that be vi- right the best friend, the vampire wife, the ex cop,
1: Uh the buddy cop?
0: The not as it seems oh god I-, I wanted to say on the note of like the-, the significance of this film and I know that nobody comes to this stupid fucking podcast to hear me blather on about why things are important or what they mean or anything like that but just to cover some of the history of the film Vertigo was at one point the greatest film of all time there is a group of people who come together and they decide and they vote on and they discuss once every like I think it's every 10 years it might be every 5 years it- 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 some number of time goes by and they decide what the greatest film of all time is who
1: gave them that
0: authority. Oh, they, I don't know if they do have any authority, but at this point, it's something like, of, it is noteworthy in film circles, so I guess they have some degree of authority, no clue. Uh, What has
1: surpassed Vertigo, and when?
0: It used to be that Citizen Kane was considered the greatest film of all time. It kept that title for a very long time, it kept that position for a very long time, and then, in a grand and wondrous upset, Vertigo overtook Citizen Kane, and a lot of people were genuinely upset about that. Can Um, we watch
1: Citizen Kane for one of these? podcasts or is that just too known in film circles because i haven't seen it vertigo
0: is as known in film circles as citizen kane maybe even more so because oh. alfred hitchcock is just that he's the guy like when you talk to people about what are films you need to watch alfred hitchcock will definitely come up as a name okay uh, and it's considered one of his better movies uh, vertigo is there has been a movie to overtake it and it's a three and a half hour long movie thank god vertigo only two hours and nine minutes long i forget the name of the movie but it's uh you want me to try to read this name for you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Hit, hit me oh uh, god hold on Jean Dielman 23 k du commerce 1080 brussels that's it brussels
1: that sounds awfully french to be a good movie
0: i don't know if it's french or not it sounds hella french but it's three hours and some change and it was made in 1975. And
1: it's the greatest film of all time right now. According
0: to these people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's interesting that they keep changing the greatest film of all time. It, it, it's almost like a commentary on how how do we define greatness and like the, our ever-evolving understanding of what is good? Because none of these movies came out like since they started judging this. They're all from like the 50s or the 70s or some shit. They're not like someone just made this a week ago and holy shit, it's the best film ever. We have to change our answer for this. You know what I mean? So it's 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 interesting that this is like a thing that's ongoing and it's ongoingly being discussed if you just google like what is the best film of all time the answers that come up are like all over the fucking place it's it's I don't know, very interesting. It is a by the way, that film is, the language that it's in is French, so I'm going to go ahead and assume it is a French film. But yeah, a lot of the arguments for why Citizen Kane should retain its title as best film of all time are that every movie that they've picked since then have like incorporated things from Citizen Kane. Things that Citizen Kane specifically invented in film history. So the argument is, without Citizen Kane, those other movies wouldn't have even been able to use those techniques that were invented for Citizen Kane. But hey, we are coming up on that time, and I'm not trying to belabor the point any of this movie's already you know it's a little bit past it's 40 minutes longer than we want it to be only only 90 minute films deserve to be created. Is there anything else you would like to say before we jump ship into the film? No
1: no no I think that wraps it up.
0: Do you have any experience with Hitchcock films other than Vertigo? Uh
1: if I do I don't remember them. Like I'm sure at some point you could be like oh you, you saw this movie though, right? So like oh well I suppose I did but I am not very good at uh re- like tying a director to a movie, I don't even tie actors to movies very well.
0: So I've seen a couple of Hitchcock films, and I'll just name the ones that I've seen. And if you're like, oh, yeah, I have seen that one, then you can just Psycho, The Birds, and North by Northwest are the three that I've seen.
1: I think I've seen The Birds.
0: The Birds is a really cool film, and it is in that horror camp. You know, we do love a good horror film. Right. And Psycho is also a pretty big horror film.
1: I know that's the popular one. Like, I, I know of it. I just, I don't think I watched
0: it. It's not as outlandish as The Birds is. Um, it has a much more low-to-the-ground kind of story to tell and a horror to explore. But Hitchcock's not above doing horror. This this literally could be a vampire movie for all we know.
1: Uh, it, it's a, it's both, right? It's a vampire buddy. It's a buddy vampire movie.
0: My, my friend Dracula... <laughs> 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 oh no Sferatu, you dog. <laughs> don't you don't you go grabbing skirts while we're hanging out in town together. I don't I don't want to get in no trouble with the ladies.
1: It's it's Vertigo, also subtitled Dracula and the Wolfman versus Santo.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Santo's the villain in this one, and Dracula and the Wolfman are the good guys. <laughs>
1: Yep, <laughs> that's their old, fr- their old friend Santo.
0: If only we could all be so lucky. Really, we are all that lucky. We always have Santo, and we will always have Santo. Thank you, Santo.
1: <laughs>
0: all right, well, well, we'll call it a day here and go right into the movie. We'll, yeah, we'll, yeah,
1: yeah, Sh- ship we'll, it off.
0: Let's go. We'll be back in ten seconds. Every everybody, you know, pause the podcast. Go watch the movie. Come on back, and we'll we'll you'll hear us squawking about it. Not yeah, unlike yeah, birds ourselves.
1: Uh, Vertigo themed uh, outro music, and go. <laughs> and they. I'm sorry.
0: We're back from watching the movie. There are some really strong characters in this movie. And I just want to ask, right out the gate, were there any characters that stood out to you that just, you were like, whoa?
1: I feel like whenever we dip into the past, and I I guess I'm speaking specifically about Samurai Cop, there's always some poor woman getting shafted like fuck. Like, what's her face with the bob and the glasses? Poor her, in every sense
0: of the word, right? You have accidentally stumbled upon my trap card, good sir. Midge is my favorite character in this movie. I love Midge. I love her performance performance it's so like soft and subtle and caring and yeah i agree i agree wholeheartedly she got completely shafted on this deal and i want justice for midge
1: i want to say before we get any further when we did the uh what was it sympathy for mr vengeance and you were like and you bamboozled me well i won't be bamboozled again sir because i nailed it
0: on that note and i think you're right i think you did i'm gonna give credit where credit was due more more even than my prediction you were you were pretty spot on but i will say this was there not? a period of time where you thought oh fuck he was right it was ghosts the whole time
1: yeah for up until up until he found the chick in the green dress I was like it's vampires like God damn, I, I didn't think they were interested in vampires at that point. And then as soon as it's like, My beloved, what's your face? And I'm like, You son of a bitch, you tried, you tried to get me! And then, um, I, I will say, those two renditions of the movie didn't prepare me for the actual horror show that came immediately after that. Because that's when I actually started to, like, feel dread. It was in, like, all the moments after that fucking reveal.
0: What do you mean? Uh, be, be more specific. When, when you say after that reveal, what reveal specifically? Because the movie kind of has, like, re- Reveal after reveal after reveal after a very specific uh, point.
1: So after the reveal where she's writing her, you know, I I actually loved you, but I don't have the courage to sit here and say that to your face, blah, blah, and then she tears it up. So after that, I was like... Alright, now it's gonna be like a romance, right? And then it's just... There There was a part where I could feel myself just fucking sinking into despair as he's like... No, 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 just put a, put on the suit. You, you can't care that much. Now dye your hair.
0: I told them to do your hair a certain way. Why didn't they do it that way? Well, I just didn't really like it. Well, why didn't... Can you do it now? I just... God damn. Yeah, he gets really frantic about it and it starts becoming like... I was really hoping he would kill her. Like, you know, grieving like, process. In his,
1: yeah, in his manic state... In- instead of the yet another plot twist reveal at the end there.
0: It it frustrates me because it's like, it's the difference between one decision. They could have done everything exactly the same all the way up till he gets to the top of the bell tower. She's like explaining everything to him, telling him how much she loves him. And then the nun shows up, she screams and instead of having her just run off of the balcony, he pushes her.
1: I would have appreciated a version. And I mean, God uh, prepare the inboxes for all the people that are going to think that I know better than what his face John Hancock but there's a rendition of this movie that's really interesting where he basically never finds out that like he was duped or like maybe after he has frantically killed her in his manic state of trying to find this woman this imaginary woman he loved maybe he finds the note that she tore up but like there's an interesting story here about how she broke this man that's kind of what I wanted as opposed to like and then he finds out he confronts her in the bell tower and I don't think he wanted to kill her, and then the spooky nun comes out. Oopsie poopsie, she died.
0: I took the nun showing up and her jumping out of the bell tower as she didn't want people to figure out that she was Madeline the whole time and had basically committed fraud, and that she's not really Judy, but instead Madeline. And at that point, if the nun saw her, the nun who was like at the trial and everything, sees her and is like, hey, aren't you dead? Because she looks just like Madeline at this point. And she's at the same place, with the same guy, and they're talking about how much they love each other, like even if she was like, no, no, I'm Judy, I just dress up like this because he tells me to and i look exactly like her and i'm in the same place with the same guy there's no way she's getting away with it so maybe and that's how i read it i I read it as she thought she was caught so she jumped no I, I I,
1: i saw the like spooky silhouette like rising up from the floor and i thought that was like her in her terror like i think it's the same idea that like she was like terrified of comeuppance but i think it was more like a spiritual comeuppance like that was the the devil come to take her or some shit like that you know what i mean that's how I, yeah. I saw it. Like she was terrified. She was already terrified by him. And then this fucking this spoopy nun lady fucking rises up out of the ground and she freaks the fuck out.
0: The reason I took it to the place of like uh, she thought she was caught, like she realized that the nun would figure it out is just that she'd been kissing on John and saying how much she loved him. And then the nun comes up. If it was still her like cowering in the corner and him yelling at her and then the nun comes up and then she jumps out, I would say, yeah, she was scared of John. She thought he might do something drastic. And then anything else came up And she just reacted very poorly um, Oh, okay but, but because it had that moment of her like holding him and kissing him And saying how much she actually loves him And everything's gonna be okay I would think that she'd be calmed down enough And comfortable enough Because he's holding her, you know And he's not like keeping her on guard So that's that's how I took it But I, I think it can be read either way And certainly that silhouette is very scary
1: That That's the part that leads me to believe it Because it's like they could have just had a nun coming up uh, yeah, But yeah, yeah that, that was like a scary scary ghost moment you know i agree I was, agree. is that a practical effect that they did with the um the, the fucking stereoscopic fisheye bullshit that they did every time he was living through vertigo
0: like whenever he was going up the stairs and he would look down and see like whoa that
1: yeah and it, it, yeah it would like stretch is that is that something that they like how did they do that i i imagine you know
0: oh i i actually do not know the answer to this but i do oh, know that, that effect specifically was invented for this movie as far as i understand it it might be building on a pre Effect that already existed, and they just sort of like changed it a little to make it specific to this film. I'm not sure, but that is the thing that Vertigo is like known for: is that effect. That effect was revolutionary and really cool and interesting and well implemented.
1: Another visual thing I wanted to bring up is that I thought, first off, rolling into the movie where they had the um, the eye, the eye thing. So I saw that, thought it was dope, and for some reason it led me to believe that this was going to be like a black and white movie.
0: For me, the eye thing, because I knew this wasn't a black and white movie, but the eye thing for me meant that this was going to have a lot more like trippy sci-fi kind of stuff going on. Yeah but it didn't and it honestly the biggest disappointment for this movie for me is how little vertigo even came up as a thing
1: i thought they were gonna drop it entirely i think it's really cool how they tricked me into thinking they were gonna drop it entirely because we spent like a long time where it didn't matter like where we were dealing with this weird the vampire historical like i think i was actually born in the 1800s all this weird shit is going on and then finally at the culmination of that he gets like his second bout of vertigo
0: i did like the opening for the movie, not only in the visuals with the eye and everything, even though it ended up being a cool visual to like have the opening credits run through, but then the actual first scene of the film is really cool. The big chase scene on top of the buildings and like jumping over the the gaps between the buildings and everything—that was really cool and actiony and interesting. I
1: did like then, that, yeah.
0: And then it leads into like a big exposition scene with. Midge and you're kind of thinking all right Midge is his love interest character they already talked about how they were engaged at one point and then they talk about how John is still single and he's still interested in you know Midge that way and he's available and all this stuff so it's like okay so are Midge and him not gonna work out because Midge isn't interested but John is because that's how it's established on the early on. And then later they sort of flip it where now John isn't interested, but Midge is. So I I don't know. I, I got really invested in Midge.
1: They had that line earlier where it's like, Oh, I'm just waiting for the perfect guy. And he's like, Oh, but of course you mean me. And it's like, they could have fucked right there, like right there. And they didn't. And then over time, it's just like, and and, uh, and then that scene with the painting where he's just like, guess I don't want that drink anymore it's like that scene with the painting for midge the whole time
0: yeah that scene with the painting crippled me it's it's so perfect the the painting she made is a remarkably well-made painting and she's sitting there in the exact same pose it's just so perfect i don't know she offers to go and see a movie with him this scene was made for me i'm like midge you're making all the right moves i don't know how he could ever say no to you and then he does and i'm like that doesn't make any sense she said movie she said dinner she made a painting for you what more can anyone do <laughs> oh man this is literally if, if anybody out there is wondering how to flirt with me directly this is it just do this
1: i made you a scotch and soda i cooked you a fucking steak and potato dinner and uh we can go watch the new uh, uh what's the name the, the name of the movie uh the, the doodle mate uh eh. you can name any director you want right now <laughs> no, I, I was thinking cronenberg but yes yes i mean really anything is like
0: you could just you could just literally
1: dinner, would you like to go out to the movies and see yes, anything, please.
0: <laughs> Stop right there. <laughs> I'll get my coat. <laughs> oh God. Yeah, man. I I felt so bad for Midge. Admittedly, the character of Madeline is a, a beautiful woman and she's kind of exactly what was popular at the time, all sort of wrapped up into one character. But I just I just don't see ever passing up on Midge, man. Midge is the goat. Another big disappointment for me in the movie is just how many scenes we had to sit through where he's just following Madeline in the car. Right. Why? I, I get it, Alfred Hitchcock. You kind of want us to sit and stew in it and obviously the soundtrack that's another thing we should probably talk about. The soundtrack for this movie is amazing.
1: I was willing to give it was like the first or the first and the second car chase scene basically where i was like okay you know he's doing detective work and now he's followed her to here and now he's followed her to there but it's like it's the third one where she makes like four left turns and then three right turns and even he's getting irritated with the amount of car chasing he's doing he's throwing his hands up and being like what the fuck lady make up your goddamn money. and then she ends up as his house that last one i don't think i didn't like
0: yeah honestly it's, it's all of them for me i don't don't think we need I don't think we need them at all they don't do anything for us other than showing us that John is like thinking I guess while he's following this lady I I do not know I didn't love that and I didn't love just how it it felt kind of impossible that Madeline wouldn't have like seen him over her shoulder and I guess if you think of the plot of the film she's kind of purposefully trying not to let him know that she knows he's following her
1: right but he's supposed to be some like hot shot detective and for him to not take any precautions there's a certain amount of suspension of disbelief that I am willing to give a movie, but he pulled down a fucking back alley where it was just the two of them. And she like looked over and was like, hmm, I'm blocking the car behind me. Well, fuck him. And then she goes into the store and, and then uh comes back out and he starts up his car again and it's like, oh, thank God she didn't see me. No, she saw you. Everybody saw you.
0: Yeah. And it, and it makes me think about that, uh, the guy Evans or whatever his name was that like hired him and he pushed so hard to get him hired that like a real detective would have been like, uh, honestly, man, you kind of, you want this a little bit too bad. Uh, I don't, I don't think this is safe for me to be doing, you know, mixing business with pleasure. You know, we're friends. I don't want to, you know, you're gonna, you're gonna shoot the messenger. As soon as I tell you that your wife is like faking it all so she can cheat on you or some shit, you know, whatever I find out. Cause a real detective would know in all likelihood, she's probably just cheating on you, dude. And you shouldn't hear that from a friend. You should hear that from an unbiased third party.
1: And all things considered, I don't know why, like, I, f- I feel like I might've blinked and missed something something where it was like, yeah, yeah, I'm you know, a good old friend and and I'm tracking down his wife to figure out what it is that she's doing and then I'm gonna kiss her. And it's like, what? Why?
0: Yeah, that was the strangest part for me. Say what you will about Midge and, and Madeline and the virtues of either one of the characters as a romantic option, but like, there were active reasons he should not be engaging with Madeline romantically and no active reasons why he should other than, I decided I would do that now.
1: Yeah!
0: I genuinely Want to sit down with Alfred Hitchcock and just be like, hey man, why is your detective making out with his mark? Did he do that a lot in his like years as a detective on the force? Or is this just like, well, I'm a civilian now, so uh I can make out with the perps. I don't I don't need to care about integrity.
1: Yeah, it's it's like they wrote that in, and it's like, yeah, but why? And he's like, what, what do you mean, why? Because she's a dame, that's why. <laughs> but, all right, you just you just go doing that shit?
0: To be honest, man, I bet you you're a detective in the fifties. I bet you every single woman that you apprehend, you probably make out with her before you get to the police station.
1: Yeah, no, I guess that's pretty true. I mean, it happens today, so... (laughs) I mean, I guess this is, like, a different era, right, where it's, like i know by this time we're like or at least uh in the in the immediately following exposition but when he like tracks her down to her apartment when you know after the charade is done and she he finds her in the green dress and tracks her up to her apartment and he's like let me in and she's like no and he's like yes and she says no and he goes well all right i I guess i'll let you in but just so you know i can scream and it's like holy shit is this just how people were back then or is this hollywood magic
0: yeah uh i'm I'm a really loud screamer. Oh, you won't have to. The fact that you said you're a really loud screamer, like you let me know that you're you're good at screaming, probably means you shouldn't be doing this.
1: Yeah, if this was at all in your mind, especially when the guy that, well, up until this point, that you haven't met, has now tracked you down to your apartment, is not letting you shut the door, and says, well, don't worry, I'm not gonna hurt you. That's what people who are gonna hurt you say.
0: Absolutely. And then, when he goes to her little, like, Carlotta Valdez single room place, and he, like, shows the, the front teller his uh police ID I assume like he's like here's my badge and she's like right. oh okay I'll, I'll let you go and see your room if you're a police officer sorry which is illegal at this point because he's not a cop anymore and she's not in the room apparently why didn't that like set off alarms in his head no I, I watched her come in here I, it, it kind of feels like there were parts of this that were originally supposed to be a ghost story and then halfway through they were like no 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 uh, detective stuff is really popular right now just turn it into a, into a straight detective narrative where somebody frames somebody else's for murder or something. I don't know. And he's like, well, no, it's supposed to be a ghost story. That's why when he got her to, he like cornered her at her second home that she lives by herself without her husband. That's why she disappears because she's a ghost. Right. And they're like, no, nah, no, just, just leave it in. Who cares? Whatever. And he's like, okay. Because if I was going to do a detective story, I wouldn't have had all this weird ghosty stuff where she thinks she's a different person because she actually has been dead for a hundred years or something.
1: Yeah. But... that It's, it's parts like that that I didn't get. Cause it's like almost like he's starting to believe that that she's actually this fucking Carlotta lady. Why are we leaning so hard on this narrative? Like it, It's almost as if they have no respect for him as a detective at all. They're like, no, 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 on, on top of framing him for the murder, we're gonna fucking gaslight the shit out of him.
0: So, that brings up a very good question. They say that the only reason, at the end, the final scene of the movie, he asks why did y'all frame me for this? And she says, because of your incident. You have vertigo. Like, that's why. It almost seems like maybe in the 1950s, they thought anybody who, like, has a traumatic incident like that, they probably wouldn't even call it a traumatic incident. Anybody who's a big enough fuck-up like that, that they, somebody fell and died, and then they had to go and get hospitalized for some amount of time. He's probably just a big, dumb, stupid idiot, because he saw someone die, and then he had to go to the hospital for that.
1: He's weak-willed enough to have PTSD before they had a name for it.
0: Yeah, Or, or even maybe they did have a name for it, and they were just like, yeah, that means you're an idiot. That's all that means.
1: Holy putzies get that.
0: PTSD is just a long fucking string of letters for you watch someone die and it made you dumb. <laughs> I'm, I am I would not be surprised to find out that that's genuinely the viewpoint on this. So they were like, oh, he's an idiot and he thinks of himself as a detective and the community thinks of him as a detective. Let's just uh, play that up because obviously we can take advantage of that because he's
1: dumb. Yeah, it, it blows my mind because like that that makes it explains away a lot of the st- stupid shit that went on. Because I understand, like, why they're like, oh, Andy's got vertigo? It's like, I don't... But yeah, all that other shit is just, like... And if he's stupid enough to to be scared of heights, I mean, surely he's stupid enough to believe in ghosts.
0: The reason I gave a pass to a lot of the like Carlotta Valdez and John romance stuff was because I really thought they were going to reveal that Madeline doesn't exist and it's all Carlotta Valdez and John, it turns out, is also this ancient ghost man and that's why they're falling in love so rapidly because they were always meant to be together. Ta-da! Yeah, that's pretty good. They're hundred-year-old ghosts and They're just wandering the earth until they come together. And that's what I thought the story was going to be. I was like, damn, I really called this one. What a genius I am. And then it was like, actually, uh, the other guy called it. I was convinced, man.
1: Yeah, I thought the Carlotta shit was like spot on. Like that shit worked too well. And then they were like... God, it's, it's like somebody in production like fucking quit. They're like this is the stupidest shit ever and I'm not gonna be a part of it. They're like wait no we can't do it Alright well with what we have what other movie can we make?
0: Yeah he was the, uh, he was the head supervisor of ghosts and they were yeah. like he was like I quit I can't do this shit anymore and they were like damn well no one else can do anything with ghosts so I guess uh, we're just gonna do detective stuff now because everyone knows how to write that in
1: 1950.
0: <laughs> Fuck me. I liked uh, in terms of set design Ernie's is the top of the mountain dude. Oh god it
1: it was great I I thought it was so cool and like I think they went in the first time and they just like went in I thought the inside was so cool but the fact that it had the fucking um I don't know what you call that kind of door where you can like like the saloon style door where you push it through and it'll just swing there and then you can look in and see like through the stained glass and how it's like dark red across the back of the wall. If Ernie's is still around I'd eat there. That looks like a bitchin' place That
0: deep red and like the filling pattern on the on the wallpaper or whatever beautiful I would love to be in there I'd love to just be seen walking around in there it would make me so happy that's where I would take all the photos of myself if someone's like oh send me a selfie of you I'd be like I gotta swim by Ernie's really fast but I'll get it to you by the end of the day Mm
1: -hmm. I really liked the scene where it's like late at night and they're at her hotel room but it's the it's the green neon like shining through the window Mm -hmm. and like it was shown on her face and I thought that was a neat shot but then she like turns and it's just her silhouette and that's all John can see and I thought that was really cool.
0: Kind of at the end of the movie when it's uh, Judy instead of uh, Madeline.
1: Yeah, yeah. When it when it's Judy yeah. and it's like they're they're fighting over like how far she's willing to change herself for him.
0: Did you think that that was like a shout out to earlier in the film when they're at Ernie's and he can see Madeline's silhouette or not silhouette, but her like profile, like her side profile. And that's the whole uh, shot.
1: I, I think that's a nice callback. That whole scene probably ties together really well for both of them because it's like her being jealous of the fake character that like she had to play it's like oh he's he just loves the character and not me and that's why it was like green straight on her face because that's how she was feeling all envious and shit Mm -hmm. and then the the profiles a a callback to the fact that like it's the thing that like reinvigorates it for him maybe he's like catching on that he's distressing her and then he sees the profile and he's like no you need to do this for me
0: yeah you have to become Madeline because you being like this blackened shadow this silhouette isn't gonna do it for me you have to become the whole thing I will say this this movie has all the hall marks of a Hitchcock movie where it's sort of like slow and deliberate and has a lot of scenes that are kind of just like look how beautiful this shot is or whatever Where nothing's going on but it is a beautiful shot so you kind of let it you know you're like yeah okay I, I do like it doesn't do great for multiple viewings is the problem there's like a good 10 or 15 minutes of this movie it's just wasted time on nice visuals that yeah don't fucking ultimately... uh,
1: overlooks or of fucking San Francisco or like maybe that's part of the driving around they want to they're like hey does I swear to God one of the streets they drove down was the fucking Full House House Street.
0: <laughs> yeah, probably. It's good filmmaking, it looks good, and it feels really nice on your first or second viewing, but if this is the kind of movie where you're like, I love Vertigo, it's my favorite movie ever, I promise you after your third or fourth viewing, you're gonna be like, alright, could, could we cut the parts where you're just driving around, or cut the parts where you're just doing an establishing shot that lasts a few seconds too many?
1: Yeah, it's really like they wanted to showcase a whole bunch of weird shit, like the fucking, the, the San Francisco shipbuilding marina or whatever it's like I feel like they really fucking tried to shoehorn that shit in you know what I mean yeah. like they, he could have been generic businessman who inherited the family business where they do business and it's like that's it that's all you fucking needed was the fucking swag desk but we really had to see the marina
0: how long do you think that this uh this movie takes place over like how many days is the is the course of time that, that goes by
1: I wanna say it's like a a couple weeks like but I'm saying that because because that's, like, the amount of time that makes sense for him to, like, develop this emotional connection to me. But yeah, yeah. if we really just write that off as, like, nah, I just, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save you from jumping out in the river and then I'm gonna smooch you, she. Like, <laughs> you can do that in two days.
0: Sure. There is the part where he's, like, catatonic after having that nightmare. Um, oh, that's he's... right.
1: Oh, that's right. That's confusing.
0: But the, the doctor says it would take six months to a year for him to get out of there.
1: It's enough time for him to not only have himself, but I don't think we see Midge again for the rest of the movie. So it's like, it's enough time for also Midge to have given up on this fucker.
0: Well, her last line is, well, Doctor, you know, you should know that the the girl that he saw die, he was in love with her, and he still is, and that's like her last big line in the movie. I think it's heavily implied that like, she doesn't give up because it's taking a long time, she gives up. Because she's come to terms with the fact that he still loves that woman. But it just doesn't seem like Midge's character to do that. It seems like she'd probably still keep coming around and trying to help him and everything and maybe we just don't see her in the rest of the movie because I mean the movie was already getting kind of long so I mean I I
1: guess so like it definitely doesn't fit her character because like even after like having one or two confirmations that he's now fucking schmoozing with his mark there she she knows enough about it to know about this Carlotta shit and then like study the painting and make her rendition of the Carlotta painting. So it's like she's as much a fanatic about him as he is for
0: uh, Madeline. Yeah, which kind of makes it tragic and sort of poetic in a way. I will say on the note of the movie getting a little long, I genuinely thought it was going to end after the nightmare sequence and once he wakes up in the like medical facility and probably right around the part where Midge explains to the doctor that he still loves Madeline and that's it. That's the end of the movie. Yeah, Um, I mean, it could have ended there and i also kind of was interested in the idea because the movie kept going i was like well maybe what they're going to reveal is that midge is his psychiatrist who has to report to uh like a head doctor and everything and that's why she explains all that stuff to him but the rest of the events in the movie were completely fabricated inside of john and he's just sort of saying these things to his doctor or his psychiatrist midge and Midge is in his like fantasies because he recognizes her from real life and is retelling her these things and she's sort of all the scenes that have midge in them are actually her trying to help him and i think that that might be the plot to the movie uh shutter island okay which is a great film if you ever get the chance to see it but it's it's a really cool idea that i i wouldn't have mind having to see you know midge actually trying to help him and sort of having like a romance with him of sorts but maybe not a romance they could have done it in different ways it's like a cool thing and it just didn't play out that way, and it kind of made me sad.
1: I mean, I like the movie. You you know what I mean? Like, I I fucking enjoyed watching it. I can see, in some instances, like, why people love it. Like, for the effects, and for, like, how artsy some of the shots were. I almost feel like we're we're just inviting people to, you know, come shoot us in the foot for, um, (laughs) for being like, yeah, you know what? The story was ridiculous, and it was smack! Someone's gonna smack me right there, and I'm like, and it makes no sense! Why would he smack, and someone's gonna smack me right there? Going through it, it was almost Almost like every time I, I wanted to say to myself, well, that's stupid. I, I was like, no, 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 you're the stupid one. You're clearly not understanding what a masterpiece this is and, and how much it makes sense that he was going to smooch his best friend's wife after fucking three days of following her. How much of this am I just like not understanding? It sounded like you're a, you were kind of close to the same page I was with the shit that didn't make sense.
0: I want to start off by saying we should never inhibit ourselves from judging a movie just because a lot of people agree it's really good. They could even have some of the best arguments in the world for why it's good. First of all, we haven't heard those arguments, so we're ignorant to them. They aren't like obvious things because if they were obvious, we would have noticed them. They're things that somebody would have to like have a very keen eye to catch and not just a keen eye, but some degree of education in film and the language of film and all of these things. Things that we're not ignorant to, but that are sort of esoteric in the first place, and again, they're not intuitive. So don't tell yourself, you know, oh no, this movie has some degree of reverence, and therefore I cannot judge it. Don't do that. As far as my opinion on it, I get why a lot of it is likable. It's very atmospheric, it has a great soundtrack, the visuals are really, really well done, but for me, it's it's not The Shining. If I had to pick a movie that's like, it's hard not to see why this movie is fucking amazing, it'd be The Shining. The Shining is just really, really fucking good, dude. I don't think this movie does that. Uh, I understand why, like, a lot of the argument for this is the best movie ever made is going to boil down to some really weird shit. Like, one of the things a lot of people bring up that makes Citizen Kane the best movie ever made is that it invented a ton of things. And movies that came out after it had to use the things that it invented. Okay. So by that virtue, if you pick a movie, let's say The Shining, that was made in, like, the 1980s, well, a lot of the stuff in The Shining is just piggybacking off of stuff that was invented in Citizen Kane and therefore it cannot be a better movie than Citizen Kane because it's using stuff that Citizen Kane invented and it wouldn't have had otherwise.
1: Yeah, no, I, I get you. I think what I was gonna ask was like uh we've talked previously about like the difference between fucking Hydrox and Oreo. Is there a similar situation here where Citizen Kane was made like within the same year as some other movie that did I guess that's hyper specific. It couldn't have fucking happened because if it was that good, somebody might have seen it. But you know what I'm getting at? What if, what if there was a Hydrox of Citizen Kane that we just didn't see?
0: Citizen Kane kind of came out at that perfect time to really like... Remember Solidify that, new shit? Yeah, the, the, the history of film is weird and, and difficult to pin down exactly, but there's a long period of time where people didn't really know what a movie was supposed to be. And that's why you get a lot of recordings with that weird voice, where they're like doing that like vaudeville, like, Oh yeah, we're going around to the town, it's gonna be a good time, sweetheart. And in those same recordings, if you listen to like the part that they cut, cut, you know, if you get an extended clip of the recording, sometimes you'll get to hear their normal voice. And they're just doing that weird voice because that's what they thought you had to do in a movie to sound theatrical. And and a lot of like older movies, they're like, it's like a stage play but we're just capturing it with this motion picture thing. That's it. So they would play them up like stage plays, which is entirely different from how we work a movie. Great example, not Clint Eastwood but John Wayne. They're two different guys. John Wayne is kind of a huge asshole and nobody likes him. But people liked him back in the day and he, his voice was so iconic that he was one of the first actors ever, I think he was the first actor ever, to be able to speak without the camera being pointed directly at him. They no thought his, All right. they thought his voice was so identifiable that they didn't have to like show you who's talking. And that was huge. Because up until then, if someone was talking, the camera had to show that person talking in order for audiences to know who's talking. That's what they thought it had to be. So John Wayne invented, not him specifically, but whoever was directing him in that movie, I think it was like Stagecoach or one of those like fucking old ass Cowboy films but like that's how They thought it had to be and he changed that forever And Citizen Kane is kind of like that So think about that John Wayne example But with like different audio visual Having a narrator stuff like that uh, That Citizen Kane came up with And that got used all the time And that's why a lot of people put Citizen Kane as the best Movie ever and Vertigo you know there are Reasons for it too and you know there's Reasons to pick The Shining and there's Reasons to pick Shawshank Redemption and There's reasons to pick Shrek and there's reasons to pick Shrek 2...
1: I mean, I... I just want to say, from what I've heard, uh, people are jaw-dropped about the new fucking Puss in Boots sequel.
0: It is a marvel of animation, to say the very least. Like, from what I can tell, it's right up there with, like, Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. It's very well done. Well,
1: fuck. All right. Well, that's it's on my list of shit to watch. Already it was.
0: Yeah, I have not seen the movie, but uh, just from, like, the trailers and stuff that I can see, the animation is impeccable. So at least there's that. Yeah, Vertigo is a very good movie. It's a very, very well-made movie. It's very intelligently made. There's a couple of changes I would make. Obviously, there's a couple of changes I think you would make, but people are weirdly judgy whenever you're like, this movie that everyone agrees is really good could use some improvements. And they're like, what do you mean? Uh, Star Wars A New Hope is the best movie ever. And you're like, but it's not perfect. And they're like, yes, it is. And you're like, okay.
1: Yeah, I I feel like my my alternate plot where the man is driven mad is, uh, I don't know, in my opinion, a better story than ooga booga booga says the nun and the lady falls off the tower.
0: (laughs) Another thing to consider here is how many movies end on such a sour note in the 1950s
1: yeah no, that's that's a good point
0: and like not just a sour I thought note, he was like, gonna
1: jump I thought he was gonna jump to die with her honestly that was how like poorly like the the story ended for him
0: I uh I was going to bring that up also when I was talking about him pushing her it might have been really interesting for either him to sort of just grab her and jump off So they can both die together Or for her to jump off But in jumping off Grab him And then they both die together But yeah I agree Them both dying together Is very romantic And poetic And interesting Whereas her getting scared By a nun And or trying to avoid Getting caught Both not terribly interesting When you think about them And those are basically The only two options If I'm looking forward To someone emailing us And just saying like Actually you fucking dumbass The reason that she jumped Was because the nun Is her clone And you would know that If you paid any attention at all this movie's about clones dumbass and
1: none is actually carlotta and it was a vampire movie
0: <laughs> yeah shit man i can't wait fucking hit us up with that shit but hey we are coming up on that time is there anything you want to say last sort of uh last last shot before we we see ourselves out see, see for ourselves out of this fucking, uh, I, don't know. I, was, I was trying I, to think it didn't work
1: no no, no I, I, I thought it was good I, and I want more of it. You mentioned at one point that, like, you know, what a shame that Midge, like, Midge didn't get it because Judy did get it. And because Judy was, you know, typical, uh, beautiful woman of the time. They can all get it today. All right. Like, I don't there was, <laughs> They can both get it right now. <laughs> fucking uh they they are gorgeous and like I don't know what the fucking the typical thing of the time was I think the typical thing of the time is that like even if you were wearing a suit you couldn't wear pants it still had to be a skirt (laughs) um but, like, uh, God, there were just a lot of gorgeous people in this movie. And mm-hmm. and the one thing I'll say that was really weird is that, like, you had to be drop-dead gorgeous if you were a woman. And if you were playing the detective, I don't know, in your early 50s, yeah, just, just fucking go, go do detective things. Yeah,
0: the leading men in this movie were uh, not great. <laughs> not not
1: as great as the bombshells.
0: Yeah, the, the, the women were all gorgeous beyond belief. And the men are like, they're, they're just guys, they're just dudes. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Even the older chicks, like when he's like... Seeing Judy or or Madeline in um, God, what was the name of that restaurant again? You just said it earlier. Er-
0: Ernie's. It's Ernie's. Yeah,
1: Ernie's. But he's going through Ernie's and he's seeing like people who he thinks is Madeline, and it's like, oh no, she's in her like late forties. It's like they can get it. Everybody in this woman everybody in this movie can get it.
0: It's like uh, it's like the Mummy. Everybody in the Mummy can get it. Like every single <laughs> character in that movie, <laughs> they are all weirdly sexy. Even like the even like the nerdy uh, brother to the bombshell love interest. He's yeah. still pretty fuckable. My <laughs> like, goddamn dude. He's like a he's like a full-on coward and like a nerd and he's like really scrawny. Still weirdly fuckable. Oh. <laughs> Hey, while, while we're talking about this, because Midge was designing
1: bras, and I really liked the fucking back and forth where it's like, oh, this is a, an aircraft engineer designed this cantilever bra system, and it's like, that that's just a wild fucking sentence to, like, throw in the movie during exposition.
0: That was going to be my final note. I'd been holding on to that silver bullet uh, up until this moment. They brought that up, and I thought it was going to be important at some point. Nope. <laughs> nope. It's just in there, and I guess it's in there in the way that, like, they're not supposed to explain it or anything and it kind of makes the world a little bit more real like sometimes you'll write a line and like a screenplay or something that's just supposed to be in there to make it seem like these are real people having a real conversation like they'll just randomly point out a story in the news or something that you would think I, oh dang he he brought up a news story that's in the news right now i'm sure that'll come up again later nope it just helps to fill out the world
1: you can't have all of these drawings around here unless uh she's doing it for a living i don't know what 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 do chicks do for a living i don't know boobs uh, yeah 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 she's she She's a boob model. Fucking whatever.
0: Yeah. She she helps to design bras or she draws bras or I don't know, something something girly. Eh. Are you sure she can't just own a flower shop? No, no, there's a flower shop in the movie. She can't also own a flower shop. (laughs) Oh, it's flower shops all the way down. It's just, it's just, wow, so. Madeline went to a flower shop. Doesn't your friend run a flower shop? Different flower shop. Well, did Madeline go to the flower shop that she owns? Madeline owns a flower shop. Yeah, so now there's three flower shops in this movie. Well, she's a girl. It's the only job a girl can have.
1: Do you you know anybody in town that knows, like, historical people? Yes, he also owns a flower It's. San Francisco's oh, oh. entire economy was detectives and flower shops.
0: What was that line that Midge gives where he's like, do you know anybody who knows the history of San Francisco? And he's, she's like, oh, uh, this professor. And he's like, no, no, no. Different history. Like, you know, who, who's done what and where they were at what nights and stuff like that. Yeah, Pop, and, and she's
1: stuff. like, oh, you mean like, who shot whom on, on 1870, th- Thursday 1873 in May? And, and uh, what kind of questions are you asking anyways? And he
0: just rattles off the same thing. Well, before she says that, she says, oh, you mean the big gay history of big gay San Francisco oh my god yes I forgot about that line and I don't know like I'm not trying to be mean to San Francisco this is a France situation all over again fuck me Um, (laughs) oh
1: no this was back in the 50s weren't all the gays in Marrakesh or something like that
0: (laughs) (laughs) yes yeah they they stop in at San Francisco before they hop on the boat to Marrakesh (laughs) One big party in San Francisco before they <laughs> s- they swim over to Marrakesh. Why do you think? Why do you think gay people are in such great shape? Because they swim from San Francisco to Marrakesh. Right. That'll get you jacked. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Yeah, uh, that line was very interesting, and I don't know if it was like has has San Francisco always been kind of foppish. Or like <laughs> was right. Well, I don't yeah, I don't know how much of a lead
1: they were putting on it because there was a point in time where it's like big gay San Francisco was like, Oh, happy go
0: lucky San Francisco. I also wonder if saying gay like that so casually was like a huge deal at the time.
1: Right. Because well, I mean that's the thing. Like, I don't I don't know. were movies at the time like willing to discuss being gay, you know, because I feel like it was one of those things that was shoved so far under the rug that like they could very well have been saying big gay San Francisco is in big old happy San Francisco. Francisco.
0: Honestly, you you might be nailing it. For some reason, in my mind, I was thinking Hitchcock is responsible for the first like toilet in a movie scene. Oh, he could be just pushing the envelope here again. Hey, you're not allowed to say the word gay unless you're directly meaning happy. And he's like, okay, well, I could say big gay San Francisco. And they're like, no, no, no. You can't talk about how there's a lot of gay people in San Francisco. I'm not. I'm saying it's big, happy San Francisco. That's all. Oh, well, uh, I guess I guess you can say that. And he's just, you know, found a loophole here to get to say over
1: here, <laughs> grinding his hands together. <laughs> yeah, you're
0: gonna let me do it. This is his way of, like, I don't know, maybe that's his way of, like, getting back at the executives, like, ah, fuck you guys, or maybe this is his way of, like, supporting gay people. I have no clue. Maybe, I'm, I'm not trying to say the See For Yourself podcast is the vertigo of podcasts, but we did point out that Marrakesh is the place to go for gays, and vertigo pointed out that San Francisco is the place to go for gays.
1: I'm just saying, I'm just saying. No, no it's, it's, it is one for one the same thing. If you've watched an. entire season of see for yourself you've basically watched vertigo
0: yep i'm i'm alfred hitchcock i'm midge and this is midge I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you picked midge of all the people well we'll we'll go ahead and call it there we'll call it a uh, call it a, a vertigo and uh, we will see for yourself next time yeah